Hey guys, this is Ernie Gonzalez, and you're listening to the Texas Music Spotlight. Welcome to the Texas Music Spotlight Podcast, supporting artists and musicians from the great state of Texas. And now, here's your host, Julie. Hey everybody, this is Julian with the Texas Music Spotlight and welcome to another episode of TMS Musicos. Oh man, what can I say about today's episode with Ernie Gonzalez? Jeez, I've been waiting a long time, uh, a few weeks because he did this a while back. Uh, I've been waiting for it to come out and in the editing process, I was like, usually I take an episode out and I start making cuts. Uh, I listened to the pod, uh, the recording and I was just like, I don't want to cut anything, so you're you're pretty much going to hear the full interview as it happened because it was just so good. I, I couldn't find any spots to actually cut out. I was like, oh my god! Now, if you don't know who Ernie is, Ernie it was uh, is a musician. He's an accordion player. He has his own band, Grupo Alamo, and he's played with several artists in the Tejano industry. Uh, but he also owns his own studio, Real Track Studios. He got, he has his own record label, Row Records. And he toured with George Strait as his system tech. And lastly, he's a governor on Texas chapter board for the Recording Academy. Man, this guy does it all, and he does it all well. Uh, it was such a, an honor to have him on the, on the podcast and have him here talking with us. Um, just to, the, the wealth of information and, and knowledge that he has is amazing. And, and I'm sure if you find him on Facebook, he'd be happy to help you out and answer any questions you would have on, on the music industry, because that's what he does. Uh, so not, and, but you have to address him as governor. He's the governor on the Texas chapter board of the Recording Academy. Anyway, Ernie Gonzalez, uh, such a great, such a great interview with him. Uh, we talk about how he started and uh, how he started DJing at the age of seven. That's right, DJing at the age of seven. He was gigging. All right, so we'll get to that in just a bit. Uh, again, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, much appreciated. Um, Thank you again for, for downloading and, and checking it out and also checking out my son's podcast, uh, the, the other TMS stuff when, when, with the local scene. Uh, he does a lot of work in that. And, and he also does uh, another podcast called Nerdy Things Podcast where he talks about, what else? Nerdy Things. So be sure to look, look for that on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud uh, again, you can find this podcast everywhere. Of course, you're listening to it now, so I'm not going to go over that. Uh, thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Those of you who have gone to um, Patreon, it's patreon.com slash TMS podcast. There you can support us financially. Um, give us some money. Give us some dough. We we much appreciate all the help because this stuff, uh, it's it's not free. We do it because we love the music and love the music scene itself. Uh, but thank you. The, the other way you can support the podcast, as always, is just simply subscribe. Uh, give us a review on iTunes. Give us a five-star, four-star, three-star. I don't care. No star. Give us a review. Tell us what you think. We read everything you put on there, uh, and we appreciate your feedback. Again, if you're listening to uh, from another country, thank you very much. We appreciate it from from our little town of San Antonio. We appreciate it, uh, you listening. Uh, we looked at our stats and like, oh my god, all these countries are checking out the podcast, and we appreciate you guys. Uh, if you're in town locally in San Antonio, thank you again. Um, I think that's it. So, without uh, further ado. 
I want to get to the podcast because it's it's a long one. And like I said, I, I couldn't find anywhere I wanted to cut. So here it is, the podcast with Ernie Gonzalez here on TMS Musicos. This, this, is, this is just bullshit, man. You can do it. You can say whatever you want. You know how it is. You've done mm-hmm. podcasts. How did you start, man? Whew. Uh, Two? I was seven. <laughs> seven? Yeah, I was seven. But I started DJing. What? Yeah. <laughs> I was what, DJing, You, you DJed at what, five or what? Seven. Seven. Because uh, I went to uh, private school, so and it was like second or third grade. Like We, got, we had a music class. So Like one day, the it was the... You know, the nun, she was showing me how to play piano. We were taking right. piano lessons and everything. I was like, oh, that's cool. So she taught you how to scratch. And I was just like, no. And she was like, I would play it this way. And she's like, no, you got to play it this way. And I was like, but it's easier for me to play it this right. way. Right. I go, it's just, we're getting to the same place. Right. She was like, but no, it's not right. You have to play it like this. And I was like, well, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I quit. So the next year, we got into guitar class. And I was like, okay, cool. And sure enough, we got to that same point again. And she's like, we got to play the chord this way. And I'm like, but I can still play it here. Right. <laughs> but no, that's not right. And I was like, Ugh, this is not working out. <laughs> so piano, guitar. And then so, um, and my grandpa used to and play. And this is all where you're seven, right? Oh, this was like seven. five. So well, your dad five. played too, right? He plays guitar. Yeah. So my dad plays guitar. My grandpa played guitar. So we go see my grandpa on the weekends. They play a lot. Conjunto or what? Yeah, he has conjunto. Um, they play a lot at the A&A over there off yeah. of. Old Highway 90, or not Highway Commerce, yeah. over there by uh, Lady of the Lake. So we go see him over there on the weekends, and that, that's kind of where I got kind of uh, the eye for the accordion, because his accordion player was a blind dude. And man, he was a... Uh, I was just like, how is he playing that? Because he can't see. <laughs> right. And I'd always sit, we'd always have the table like right next to the stage, so I would just sit there like watch all him. night and watch it. And I was like, I don't know, maybe one day. And then and I was like, wow, well, you know, he stopped playing for a little while, and he used to work at Dakbert Music. Dude, I haven't heard that name. Yeah. <laughs> Most it's people won't know Dakbert Music. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so, so I'd always hang around Dakbert, you know what I mean? And and uh, one day he's like, hey, well, they need a DJ for one this thing or whatever. This, we got tons of records. Like, my house is just tons of vinyl yeah. and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So, like, all right, we'll go and we'll play some music. We did. He's like, hey, this could be like a good little thing. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever, you know. <laughs> So we started buying speakers, and then, like, seven years old, there I was, hooking up speakers. And really? Like, I would, like, tear things apart and look behind, like, the radio. I was like, okay, there's a red and yeah, black. I can, still, I can wipe my ass at seven years. <laughs> you putting shit together. And then, and then when it finally took off, man, we were playing, like, five nights a week. Gigging? Or Gigging. With, with the DJ? Mm-hmm. Like, three nights at a club, and then the weekends we would do <laughs> privates. You know, Saturdays we do private. Did you have a juice box with you? I don't even know what I had. I knew those little glasses from a little... <laughs> well, there was nothing but water and, you know, Coca-Cola and those things. But... That's funny. Dude. And, and, it's, it's and now that I look back on it, I was like, wow, that's, that's crazy, crazy, right? crazy, dude. How did they let me do that? And it's <laughs> like, people have kids now, like 13 and 14, and oh, you can't, you know, do this and that. And I was like... Yeah, they can. Let I them live. I was younger, exactly. But well, it's like, well, I, I think about it too. I was like, man, I don't I don't have any kids, but I was like, wow, would I let my kid do that at some <laughs> I don't know. It's a different time, though, man. It was. How old are you, Ernie? I'm 39. Okay, so you're not that far off yeah. from me. It, it was a different time back it then, is. man. It is, yeah, it you know, You could walk up and down the street with your, your friends and mm-hmm. not worry about anything now. I, like, I don't walk anywhere. I, I grew up, <laughs> you know, I grew up on Rigsby. Uh-huh. I lived on Rigsby Street, so, you know, I would... Dry, I had the little chips, the little three wheeler bike, you know what I mean? So I would just like, 
and then you know I would go to the park. That's the park right, right there in right. the middle of Rigsby, and I'd be at the park, you know, after school. Hours, or right? Yeah, hours. Yeah. I mean, my parents knew where I was. Right, right. My mom knew that you know she could walk to the park and she could get me, or you know she'd tell me, hey, you know it starts getting dark, you need to come back. Right. Or they'd go with me too. My, me and my uncle used to ride our bike down the ditch. Mm-hmm. And just go all on the dish down to one lake and then come back. Or, you know, if I wasn't at the park, we were like, we lived right here by the, like, five houses from the corner. Uh-huh. And that's where the Stanley's Ice House was. Oh, So okay. they had a game room in the back. Uh-huh. So if I wasn't in the game room, I was at the park, you know. <laughs> they knew where to find you. Yeah, they, knew, no they knew where I was, was at. No pages. Two places. Just... <laughs> you know? But they, I mean, I wouldn't just go. I just, they, they know. I'm like, hey, I want to go play games. Okay. So you're DJing at seven. Mm-hmm. When did you actually start? I mean, you played keyboard, play guitar. What was, I guess, what was the next instrument, you know? I mean, The next one was accordion. It was accordion. What, how about how old were you there? Uh, about 13. 13? Did you do it out of necessity to help your dad? or was, Did your no. dad have a band? No, he didn't. He wasn't playing any, anymore at okay. all. Um, and you just did it because you... I, I liked it, and I was, you know, I was actually really, really getting burnt out of the DJ. I was just like, man, I'm just... You know, when you're seven and you're in fourth grade and... <laughs> You know, you're to the club. You're burnt out at 13. Two o'clock in the morning, the club you know? scene at 13, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I was like, you know, finishing at two, loading up, getting home at three, and then you're at school at seven. And it's like, man, you know, you do that for four years, five years. It's like, yeah, okay, man. I'm a little break from this. You know, and DJ Gigs would come in. He's like, hey, you want to do this? I'm like, no, man, I'm done. I don't want to do that anymore. So you picked it up at 13 according for to, to just... Cause did you join a band right away, or just no, kind of just started um, messing with it? Actually, I didn't even have one. Um, you borrowed it. Yeah, my dad's friend. We used to go to his Christmas parties all the time, Ross. And he, they'd always, my dad would always bring the guitar, and he would bring the accordion out, and he would sing. And I just asked him. I was like, "Hey, has, can I borrow? You know, just to mess with it?" I said, "I don't right. even know." So he kind of showed me. He's like, "It's, it's either two fingers together, or you know, this way." <laughs> He goes, if you can find those, he goes, you're off to a good start. I that's, said, funny. Right. that's funny because I used to borrow bass when I first started playing. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a bass yet. And I used to borrow, a friend of my dad's used to let me borrow an old PV bass. Mm-hmm. And a big old <laughs> cabinet that was heavy. <laughs> but that's how I learned, you know? Yeah, Same and way. then I, I took it home and I had it for, man, I probably had it for like two years. And then he's and then he goes, I have another one. I was like, oh, can I borrow that one too? And he's like, yeah. So it was probably about a year. And then I, f- I finally bought one. My parents bought one for me. The accordion is always baffling me. I pick it up and I'm like, well, why is it one going out and another doesn't go out? I don't get it. I never understood it. And I pick it up and mess with it. And I'm like, ah. So, and and it's, it's funny, man, because nobody believes me. Like, a lot, the majority of what I learned, I learned from the Johnny Canales show, uh, En Caliente. <laughs> What do you mean you learn from them? Because whenever they would, the bands would be on there with the accordion player, and they would they would stop on him, or he would play. I would pause it and really? just go pause, 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 <laughs> pause, and see what his hand did. And that's how I that's what I learned when I first learned. And I, I I learned how to play a lot of songs that way. And I didn't know like anything about keys. Like I didn't know right. anything. So it was probably like six months after I started, I learned a few songs, and I had learned golpe traidor. And I had become friends with, with Candy, Tovar. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, dude, do you think, you know, D and Delia will let me play? He's like, yeah. So we went, went to a gig, went to Rosedale. And D called me up, and I played. And I knew the dance moves. I knew everything, dude. <laughs> I was down, boy. I was jamming. <laughs> so we did. And then, like, every time they were in the area, D, I became friends with D. I became friends with Delia. They'd call, hey, dude, we're going to play at, at Market Square. Come by. All right. Huh? So I'd go by, and that was my song. I played so that song. You played that one song? Yeah, that was it. 
You still, had you still, had you realized about keys yet? Did you even know mm-hmm. what key you had at accordion? And then I started playing with a local band. Well, I had this harebrained idea after that. I was like, you know, I wish we start a band together. My dad was like, <laughs> what? But that's that's the cool thing about my parents, man. Like they never, my uh, harebrained crazy ideas were right. never like. They never said no. They were just like, all right, all right cool. You know, it. they always pushed it. Right. You know, nowadays people are like. Kids would be like, I want to be the next whatever. And parents are like, you're crazy. Right, right. My parents never said that, man. They never said that, which I thank them. Right. Um, I'm lucky my wife is, I come up with a hairbrain idea. And she's like, sure, go ahead. And she's like, well, another, another idea. Another yeah. idea. Here's no, some more podcast? money. All right, podcast. Here, go ahead. <laughs> so then my dad's like, oh, I got to get a guitar. You didn't have a guitar anymore. So he bought a guitar. And, you know, at that time, my aunt's boyfriend, we were we were well, cool, so we, I was riding with him in his truck, and I heard him singing one day to the radio. I was like, that seems pretty good. I go, hey, do you want to sing in a band? And he's like, yeah, okay, cool. And he was like, he had no idea. <laughs> and then our drummer, Ed, you know, me and him went to school together. I was a, he was a year underneath me. Right. So I was like, hey, do you feel like playing in a band? He's like, oh, cool, I'll try it. So it kind of, just the four of us in the bedroom, you know, it's like, all right, no bass, no keys, all right. <laughs> It was like the two songs that we know, right? <laughs> the one from me and another, another one. <laughs> so then I started playing with a bunch of local bands here. I really, with like Cruise Band and you know Chelsea Street Pub at, at South Park. And yeah, I places. remember that. Yeah, dude, yeah, Chelsea was the bomb, dude. <laughs> and uh, so I started playing with them, and and uh, and I started learning songs pretty quick, but. It was all by pattern. I'm still trying to figure out when you figure out which the accordions are in certain key. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. It, we're leading up to that. So they'd always tell me, hey, you want to play polka? And I was like, oh, I guess. I'll play polka, right? I knew polka. You knew a few. What key? And I would always go, it's right here. And I'd play like the beginning. Right, one. right. And they'd be like, okay, it's in D. I was like, okay, cool. So I played polka, all right? A couple songs later, I would like, I started realizing the patterns. So like like a couple of months later, we were doing Rio again, and I was like, Every, every song in G I do the same thing so the band's like hey what polka do you want to play and I was like well do it be us again and uh, what key we're gonna play it in G I was like oh god I hope that's the right key I hope that's the right key that's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be the who, badass that who, day who called G I did <laughs> I was like man I hope this isn't oh, G you, wanted, you just wanted to I just wanted for to sure see. like oh here's G yeah we're gonna it's play it in G. G and I was just like oh god I hope so then we started playing it I was like alright that's G <laughs> So I was like, okay, that pattern's G, this one's C, and I started figuring it out from there. Because every recording is what, like three keys? Or I mean, you can, can play three, you can play any multiple Multiple, keys. but the generalization is, you yeah, know. GCF. F, B flat, C, or is this an F? It's a right? G, like a, on G-C-D. a G box, it's a GCF, and then you can play A, you can play D, you can play B flat. Right. And then the minors, G minor. Uh, that always. B, minor, B flat minor. That always screwed me up when I. It's crazy. I but, you know, it's that's one of those things that. You just never stop learning, yeah. like any instrument. You know, you just you never know. You never know at all. So your first band's a hit. Guess so. <laughs> In your eyes, right? You're like, oh, we're kicking ass, we're yeah. playing. Yeah. Where do you go from there? It just uh, you know, and then after that, then we really got we really got Alamo started after that. Around that time, what year was that? It was '93. Wow. '93, '94. So. Yeah, now we're entering our twenty third, twenty fourth year. Shit, I didn't know you've been around long. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, wow. <laughs> one of the few that can that can be in the in the twenties. Still, playing, right? still playing with us, man. Holy shit! Yeah, the core of the band still. Does he there. ask for more money? No. 
Not yet, Not but yet. he probably will after this one. <laughs> so you've been with your band for that many years. Mm-hmm. Never played, Did you ever play with anybody else? Oh, yeah. You sat in, right? Yeah, I've always played with other in. bands. And and you know, it was cool. We we didn't play like, we never played like 80 shows or 60 shows a year. You know, right. we always wanted to do, we always did what we wanted fun. to do. It was yeah. for fun, mainly. It started off that way, and then it started taking off, and then... Then we just really got on the thing where we just we played mainly out of state. You know, we didn't really play in Texas at all, and and even that's why today a lot of people here don't know us because once well, we once we got going like in Chicago and California, we we stayed up there. And a lot of people here don't realize how good it is out there. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of states that really appreciate it, especially if you say you're from Texas. Yeah, you know what I mean, they and, love that. And people knew they had all the records and knew all the songs. You know, every every time we'd go up there, like people were dancing knew every song, every lyric. And it's just like, we come home and it's like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, we play here somewhere, like, nobody knows. You know. And at what time did you get into re- into all the technical shit, all the recording? And Well, was it one of your, did you, was it out of necessity for pretty one, of your, much. one of your albums? That, like, you know, it cost much money to go to the studio? Pretty much. Well, it was like, with the band, you know, I was like, since I knew how to hook all the DJ gear up. <laughs> it's kind well, of the same thing, right? It's a bigger board, there's more mics, I get it, you know, it's, right. it's more amps, more speakers, I get it. And then uh, Kevin Weldon used to mix us, you know, back in the day when he used to mix for Culturas and yeah. D and everybody. So when, when they weren't working, he'd come mix for us. And, and he showed me, like, you know, I still use stuff he shows me, you know, right. back then. You know, he's one of kind of the guys that got me really into into mixing sound. And uh, and it was just really that. Uh, we recorded our first record in 98 at Melody Ranch. Yeah. And uh, it's like, man, we spent almost 10 grand on that record. Holy shit. And I was like sitting in there. I was like, man, it's kind of like it's kind of like live, but we're inside. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Speakers right. a little smaller. It's boards board. You know, right. it's, mixers a mixer. So I was like, yeah, maybe on the next one I'll get something. Here we go again with another <laughs> <laughs> another idea. So I found a Mackie, and then I found like some ADATs in California. Oh my god, like, ADATs! Yeah. So I got all that stuff in. I had a bunch of mics because we had the band. You yeah. know, I had tons of mics already. So. I bought a pair of NS tens and a vocal mic and So the first band you recorded was your band? As an engineer. Uh yeah, pretty yeah, I'd, I had done some of the recording at Melody Ranch. You'd helped out the mm-hmm. little because um, Brad was always kinda in and out of the room and Brad like, was that Brad, Brad uh, Green? Uh, y- yes, he yeah. worked at the over there on four ten too at the other one, right? Yeah. The, uh, the other uh, what's the studio Big there? Tall. Big Tall yeah, Brad. Super nice guy. Super great, great man. It's just same shame that he passed about a year ago. But he'd be like, hey, I need to run an errand real quick. And it's like, oh, we just need to cut a background vocal and kind of look and see what he had going on. And I was like, hey, try your mic. And he'd be in there. I was like, okay, cool, I got it. And I would just hit record. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Brad would come back. Oh, we're good. Oh, you got it? All right, cool. <laughs> There's nothing like hands-on, right? No, just, just it's getting, like, in, there just getting in there and figuring it out. And then, uh, so yeah, it was probably 99 that I found a spot. Uh, downtown uh, downstairs at the KDA building and I had two little 10 by 10 rooms and that was it I mean we did we did tons of records in that place man uh, we did our second record there that um, in two, came out in 2003 and a lot of stuff for uh, an organization called Network for Young Artists I did, yeah, I did, I did their records uh, we did stuff for Latin Breed I did Campanas I didn't, did, you, didn't you buy uh Manny's old studio? Now we're, our building is the old Amen studio. Yeah, the old Amen studio. I only got to record there once. With Artie's record? No, it no? wasn't even Artie's. It was uh, 
I think we I did it in Infinity. Oh wow! Yeah, I think it was Infinity we did over there. El, pa, el pajarito. Anyway. <laughs> no, it's big Oscar. Oh, Oscar. Oscar singing. And uh, I think that's what, I think that's what we recorded. That's the only time I was there, and I remember that it was. It was all wooden, right? Or all mm -hmm. wooden yeah. and green? Yeah, yeah. It was mm -hmm. dark. I was like, oh my god, this, this is one of my first times in the studio. I wonder if it was the one, the old one on Flores. Maybe. Did he have the big reverb tank in the back? It was like half a big <laughs> I, shell. I don't remember. I think. God, I can't remember. Because he had the one on Flores, and then he moved to the one, the big building on Pleasanton. This was a small one. Okay, that was the old one. Okay, yeah. that was a small that one. That was the old one. I remember one. being a small building. I was like, wow, they record here. Just yeah. I think it was just the two rooms, the, the, mm -hmm. the booth and then the main room. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that was, the, that was the old A-man on Flores. Man. So, so you bought the, the newer one. I haven't the had newer one been to that one. on Pleasanton, yeah. And you took over that one? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been crazy, man, because that was always a thing for me when I was in high school. Uh, Manny, you know, I've always looked up to Manny the way he recorded. Right, and, right. Well, he recorded and a lot his of, sound. Yeah, he recorded a lot of legends in, in the market. Yeah. Style. I mean, you can't take anything away no, from him. No, no. So, and he and I, you know, we're really, really good friends. You know, I love him to death. He's one of my mentors uh, for the studio and life in general, you know. Right. So, I, I would go and and, uh, and one day he called me. I was in high school. I was a senior or something. And he was like, hey, brother, I got your number from, from a guy who says you play accordion. And I was like, yeah, I play accordion. And he's like, would you want to come and cut some songs for me? I was like, sure. I've never done anything like that. I've only been playing for like two years, you know. He said, what, is it a G? Well, I got he, a was G. Like, he was like, can you come by and pick up a tape? And I was like, yeah, I picked up a tape. And I was like, God, I'm going over these songs. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. So we went to the studio, right? I was like, ah, oh, it's going to be a train wreck. Sure enough, we played like the first song, and I was playing stuff, and Red was like, no, do it again, do it again, do it again. Oh, Red's another one. An hour, an hour and a half later, you know, Manny walks in the room. I was like, oh, God. Hold on real quick. So I'm sitting over there in the, in the recording room for like 30 minutes. I could just see him talking. And he's like, yeah, you can go ahead and go. And I was just like, oh. He goes, yeah, you can call your parents to come pick you up. Manny just Manny? kicked me out, dude. And it's funny because I was like, man, every time I would go to the studio, I was like, man, if I ever have a studio one day, I'd like it to be just like this. Right. You know, I'd always say that. And then years later, years later, Manny called me again. And he was like, hey, brother, um, you play accordion? I go, yeah. He goes, yeah, you want to come down and, and cut some songs? I was like, oh, sure. Went down, knocked it out, like 30 minutes. Right. And he was he like, he goes, he goes, uh, he didn't remember me. <laughs> and he was like, hey, man, you play really, really well. He goes, uh, can I call you for some more sessions? I said, man, I'd love it. And he's like, oh, that'd be great, man. He goes, uh, I go, do you remember me? And he goes, no, have you been here before? I was like, no, I think we've like crossed paths. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> so then after that, like about a year later, we try to go to lunch like once right. a week or at least a couple times a month or something because he still lives right across the street from the studio. Yeah. So if he sees me there, he'll come by or whatever. And, and a couple of years ago, I was like, "Dude, you know what?" I said, "I just need to thank I need to thank you for kicking, <laughs> kicking my ass out of right. the studio that day." And I was because like, I never wanted to go through that again. And I said, "I always worked every, and with everything right. I did it, with that. It made you yeah. Push I didn't I didn't want to go like, through that again." Right. And I, did he so, remember? Yeah, after a while, he did. <laughs> he goes, "Ah, but you deserved it, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, I did." <laughs> now, have you ever kicked anybody out of the studio? 
or wanted to. Well, I think we've all wanted to, but has it come to the point where we're like, okay, let's just cut it and get them out of here and just yeah. we'll fix it later? Yeah, uh, I shouldn't say. But. Well, I'm not asking who. I'm just saying it. It's happened a have. few times. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's- we'll get it as quick as possible and we'll we'll fix it. Right, right, yeah. right. We'll call another guy. In here. <laughs> Hey, you know, but it's at that point, it's what's best for the production, right? The the, the end the end, the result, end result because yeah. at the end of the day, yeah, the artist name is on it, but your name's inside, right? And and that's what I tried to tell everybody. I was like, you know what? It's not anything personal, or it's not that you can't play, or it's not whatever. I go, it's about the end result because that end result is timeless. Right, it's never going to change. Once it's out, it's and out. It's out. And, <laughs> and you got to think about that. You know what I mean? It's I, on the I internet. To, it's there forever. I used to hate that because when we would record, and I, I hear recordings now of myself, yeah. I'm like, fuck, I wish I would have done something different. It's like, why did you know, like one, I, I don't know, I, don't, I hate to say this on here. <laughs> one album. Hey, it was a long time ago. One album. Raulito used to record our stuff, right? Mm-hmm. One album he had. <laughs> <laughs> You're being honest with me, I'll be honest with you. Hey, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> he had a, he was stuffed up. In oh, his ears. Yeah. And he mixed down that way. Oof. So there's I've done like, that before. There's no bass on it. There's like you can hear there's really no low end on there. There's some low end. But not enough to justify like, man, you can't hear the cool parts I was doing because <laughs> there's no low end on it. <laughs> so those of you listening who know the Mijo catalog, find the album. Find that, that album. Yeah, I'll let you know if you're right. I know which one it is. <laughs> but that whole album, you know, and it was mm-hmm. just like, okay, we had to meet a deadline, he was sick and whatever and he had to get it done you know just it is what it is yeah yeah, yeah. so i look back to and some of the things that i wish i would have done differently and, and there's nothing you can do about it it's just once it's done it's, it's done. done you know and that's the way it's gonna be forever you know do you have your own record label i do it's called row records okay and what do you have under you we have uh, of course we have grupo alamo we have percy cardona miguel hernandez uh teddy martinez the grupo oro uh ruben de la cruz from the valley great conjunto guy and we did Juan P. Moreno's last record uh, we did Stephanie Montiel's record a few years back um, did Henry Rivas's record a few years back under the label economy. do you think radio is still viable? to a point to a point uh, I just think a lot a lot of people are getting their, their radio and music elsewhere now instead of on the ra- on you know well you look at like AMFMF you know the Spotify radio well iTunes radio and uh, all the independents. I just think there's there. a lot more independents out there that that uh, a lot of people like, you know. <laughs> and not taking anything away from anybody, but um, something needs to change. Now and, the other the other side of that is I actually listen to I don't listen to Tahano very much. Even when I was playing Tahano, mm-hmm. I didn't really listen to. It. And there was a reason for that. When I was with Emilio, especially we we're going to record. Oh, yeah. I never wanted to listen to what was out yeah. there right now. I said, well, if I go into the studio, I'm going to go in fresh. I don't mm-hmm. want Im- to be influenced. And I, you're still influenced. You still hear those dicky licks, whatever. Yeah. That, you know, but I, I tended to, to not listen to it because if I'm going to go into the studio in a few months, I want to go in there fresh and, mm-hmm. and try and come up with something different. Yeah. So I listened to Handel today. I listened, I'm not going to say what radio station. It wasn't local. It was internet. Mm-hmm. And I have to be honest with you. <laughs> If these bands want to be viable bands and and want to lead the way in bringing up a new sound, right? They've got to sound better. Yeah, I, I've what I heard today. I was just like, 
I get you. I get you, dude. <laughs> you know what because I mean? it's like, you know, I've been, come on, man. I, I bite my I bite my tongue a lot from what things I really want to say and I want to post. Oh, we all do. sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just because I do too. You know, I gotta. You I know. know. You know. You, you, know how you make your living off it. So exactly. Yes. But there's just a lot of times that you know, especially with the newer groups, and I know budget gets in the way, and I, I trust me, I get it. But if you're gonna keep releasing songs that sound like demos, you're not gonna make it. And it's and then you can't get frustrated when people don't want to spin it and people don't want to play it. You know, you have to put money into your calling card that's the way i see it you know what i mean because this really isn't you a whole lot this is half of it this is what they want to you know your product your music that's what's gonna last right and And i just kind of see it that way and and some of it was production yeah some of it was what i heard today was like wow it's just a bad singer you know it's just how do you um and 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 she was like that guy needs auto-tune he should where's the auto-tune on this guy you know whatever but but it was it just seemed like even though some of the songwriting was like, wow, okay, that, that didn't really mesh with which I, yeah. I, I see what you're trying to do, but that didn't really work. Somebody, maybe it's producers. Maybe somebody you know, need and, a good and, producer. And, they, and there's a lot of a young artists out there that feel they don't need a producer. Right. You know, but it's it doesn't always hurt to have an outside source that doesn't really know what you got going on to just kind right. of sit and, and listen to everything that's coming. Like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Or, right. That's cool. You should, you know. Why don't you try this with this? That didn't work over here. You know, we used to, we were, when we were recording, we were our worst enemies. Oh, yeah. As far as, me and Carl used to fight a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, we I remember. were like, you know, it's like, it doesn't work. I don't feel like it works. Or he told me something, I don't want to do that. You know, make it work, whatever. But it was, it, I think we were our worst critics. And, it, and it almost it, the other side of that is we were, we thought we could do no wrong as mm-hmm. well. And which is very hurtful. Oh yeah! <laughs> when you think you can do no wrong, and you release a song, uh, a, a ranchera with no keyboards or recording, just bass, guitar, and drums. So, yeah, release it a single, it'll work. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> which we did. Well, I guess <laughs> we did that and, one wrong. And if you know, if you know what song that is, <laughs> let me know because I know it. I know what year that was, and I know what, when we tried it, and it's like, Milo could do no wrong. Let's release it that way, and then it didn't. It didn't do pan out, you know. But, but after that, and it's good because it keeps you. <laughs> It brings you back down. Right, like, okay, right. I need to, okay, I need maybe, to humble out a little right, bit. Right, bring the back. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I remember. So I mean, it's just you know, hearing some of the, some of the newer stuff, and I did get to hear some of the newer stuff today. I don't know who they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't tell you, be honest, who they were. Uh, some of it sounded like they were trying to sound like the old lady stuff. Some of it sounded like they were trying to do something fresh. Mm-hmm. And I've heard bands who tried too much to stretch the boundaries. It's yeah. like. You know, Selena was would make magic over three chords or one chord rides. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was all melody. It's all melody. Ride that one chord, and she just nailed the shit out mm-hmm. of it. You know what I mean? So, and and I told Dickie, Dickie this too. Is our music, this music, is blue collar. Yeah, straightforward. It's it's meant to dance and make you get emotion and cry with that mm-hmm. you, <laughs> you start crying yeah I said you, you you gotta keep it simple yeah you have to yeah and to. even Dickie said he was you know uh David with you know I, I said you guys don't sound the same live as you do in the recording he says that's because David wants it straight just keep it simple and there's truth to that yeah K-I-S-S keep it simple stupid <laughs> we're, you know? we're, it's funny we bumped a lot of heads because me and uh and Percy did David Lee's 2009 record that had you know, Si Todo Está Bien and Pasan Los Años, you know, we produced that, that record. 
and it was kind of it was kind of different for everybody. I'd never produced an album for David or, uh-huh. or worked on it, and you know, Percy neither. And uh, David really hadn't gone anywhere else, but you know, Gilbert, right? You know, so it was kind of like a weird, like okay, we're everybody's in a new place. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> And it's like a lot of my ideas, it was just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, it, the album came out, you know, it's probably one of the one of the best ones we've done, I think, and and still holds up to this day. And, and it's, it, but it was, a, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. Well, you get used to the same. You get used to your group. You, you get know? out of that comfort zone. It's like, oh, you feel exposed. And, exactly. <laughs> you know, when, when, uh, when I first did uh, the solo thing with my acoustic stuff, it scared the shit out of me. You know, I've played in front of 60,000 plus, whatever, with the media and, and done those gigs with no problem, right? Mm-hmm. But, but it's different when it's on but you. But when I decided <laughs> I want to do my solo stuff and be out there singing front, man, my first gig was at a, at a benefit at the Microsoft store. Oh. And I was scared shitless, dude. There was nobody there. It's my family. But that is the, the... But it was good because I was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the best things I've ever done as a musician for myself to get myself out of that being a side man laying back while the artist does his thing now it's okay yep. you're up here in front now okay everybody's looking at you and uh, better say something it's you know? all you buddy it's all you <laughs> so I, I I get David's you know mm-hmm. and I get you know, it comfort too. zone you know it, that's just, there's so many stories we could tell <laughs> do tell no <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fun though. You know, it, at the end of the day, it all came out good. But yeah, it was it was just kind of learning in everybody's ways. You know? Yeah, everybody has. And you want to try to make them feel comfortable. You know, yeah. when they're in the new spot. Yeah. But um, going back to what you were saying earlier, and I think a lot of it too nowadays with the people doing new music is it's just them in the room by themselves. You know, nobody does it. You know, back when like when we used to do it, when we used to do it, like the rhythm was together, the drum. Everybody, mm-hmm. You know, we laid it down together and right. when you don't do that you lose you lose something and uh, a lot of the records we've been doing now at the studio because uh, we have you know a, a big a big recording room that you can fit a full band they can track together right. and, that's the best. and it's so much different yeah. you know yeah, we did a lot of that with the media when, I mean Raulito was kind of the producer it was the way he would give us a song mm-hmm. I don't know how we came up with some <laughs> Sorry, Ralphie. But, hey, it's us too, but It's like, oh, I want to go like this. And I was like... Yeah, exactly. Somewhere in there. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. All right, you know what I mean? So it was... But it was that playing off each other, and that was... We created... I don't think... There's there's an art in that creativity that that's missing right now, I think, for sure. And there's not enough... Not enough no-men... Mm-hmm. A lot of yes people. Oh yeah, it sounds great. It sounds great. Yeah, and you need and it's someone like, there dude, to you keep gotta, you. you. There's nothing wrong with no. <laughs> you know, not all the time. You know, when it when it's no, like it needs to be said. Right. And yeah. there's a lot of people that just don't want to hear the truth. Yeah, that's rough. And it's like <laughs> sometimes when you're the, you I'll know, tell them. I'm I, gonna start another podcast. Send me a music. I'll tell you what I think of it. <laughs> I, I've had to do it, you know, and a couple of people. Some, People that left crying, yeah, and I'm they like, get, but they get, offended, they get like, offended, but it's not personal. Yeah, it's not. It's for the what's the best for the project. Right. That's what it's all about. Right. And, and there's I nothing. Get, get this recorded right. We we'll go out to eat afterwards. Right. It's all good. You know. You no, can tell me, after we record, you can tell me who you're talking about. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the the Grammys. The recording. What is it? The um, oh, the Naris National. Yeah. Uh, the Grammy chapter. What are you doing um, there? 
I've been a governor on their board uh, three out of the last four years. Do I have to call you governor? You don't have to. No, okay. <laughs> governor Ernie. My friend's like, governor. <laughs> governor. <laughs> my, uh, my friend, he was the president the last couple of years, and, and every time he'd come, I'd be like, the package is here, the package is here. <laughs> yeah, the football. Yeah, the football. <laughs> he'd laugh all the time. I love you, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> so but, what, 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 how'd you get involved? When did you get in? When did you get in and uh, why? I first joined Grammys probably like 10 years ago. Oh, jeez. And, uh, and uh, a friend of mine... Um, He's like, hey man, I think you'd be really good on the board. We're gonna have elections coming. You should run and and see what what happens. It's like, all right, I'll try it. And then the first year I ran, I think it was I was running up against Gilbert Velasquez. And I was like, oh yeah, this ain't gonna work out. <laughs> <laughs> I have no chance in this one. And sure enough, Gilbert won that year. But you know, I, I, the next year I ran, or two years later I ran, and and uh, and I got in. And, and the first year was kind of like, whoa. This, you know, there's a bunch of great people sitting at that table that that want to do great things for the music and help. So, are you just it. do you just guys do you, uh, come with ideas to? We have meetings, and then uh, we do a lot. We do a lot of advocacy, uh, especially now with copyright laws and royalties and stuff like that. So, we do a thing called Grammys in our district. It's where we meet with the mayor and all the state reps here in town. Uh, we did one last year. We invited a. a, a who do we have last year? One of our state reps, he came to the studio. Okay. Um, Will Hurd. Mm. Sorry. I can see his face. His name was escaping me. We had Will Hurd at the studio and showed him what the recording process is. Michael Saligala was there, so he had a track and we recorded vocals. And he was like, Will was, he's a really smart, intellectual guy. You know, he was, he's an ex-CIA guy, so he had a lot of questions and he's, his specialty was technology. Wow. So we had him, he was there for two hours. He's like, man, this is cool. You know, he was checking out the Pro Tools and what right, is this right, doing? Right. He was like, man, and he goes, I get it. I get what y'all are doing. And and he was like, yeah, whatever we got to do. He said, because this is work. This is a lot of work and you guys need to be compensated. And and that's basically what we want these, you know, lawmakers to see that, you know, this is work. This is an art. This is our job. This is how we make our living. And we shouldn't be, you know, stuck to salaries and royalties that were made back in the 50s. Right. So we do a lot of that. We do one where... Uh, the Grammys in Washington. We actually go to the Capitol in Washington, and then we do one that's coming up in February. It's called um, Grammys in the uh, Grammys on the Hill, or not Grammys on the Hill. Grammys in State Capitol. Grammys oh, at the State Capitol in Austin. So we do a lot of that. We do. A, I do a lot of speaking at schools for students. Oh, cool. uh, I love that. Um, sometimes it's me by myself. Sometimes it's like four or five of us. Uh, we do a lot of the art schools, and you know, people that want to have a career in music, and you know, kind of. Try to guide him in the right place. I would love to do that. Yeah, it's That's awesome, man. He said, when I was teaching, it was a, my outlet was when I was teaching. I mm-hmm. was telling him how how it really is, and then exactly. how it, you know how it, you know what you see as opposed to what it really is, and how, and how much hard work it is. And, and it, yeah, it, 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 it is a full time job because you're 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 your own business and you're your own product. And if you don't mm-hmm. learn how to sell it, you know, or you don't go hungry. It's Planes one thing, but if you yeah. don't know how to market, sell it, you know, produce, you know, whatever, do a little bit of everything, then you you can get lost in the shuffle. With that was else. that was one thing I learned uh, really fast. Probably like the year I graduated high school, I was like, you know what? I said, I know I want to do music. There's no question about that. But in order to get what I want to do worldwide, I don't think it's it's going to be just being an accordion player. Right. And I saw that really really young. 
And I said, no, it's, that's not what it's going to take me. You know, just playing accordion is not going to take me to the to where I want to be. Right. And never in my mind would I thought I would have been, you know, an engineer or front of house engineer or studio engineer or even own a studio. That wasn't even in right. my 10-year plan <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and it ended up happening, you know, four years after I graduated, I owned the studio. Wow. And that was never in the books. Um, but, you know, you just you just realize, okay, like, I can I can mix, I can produce records, and I can record albums, and that goes worldwide. Yeah. And that's how I'm going to get there. And that's how I'll be able to sustain making a living. And that's what I've done. I mean, music is is what I do. That's good. So I've been lucky. <laughs> yeah, because not, not a whole lot of people do that. You know, I've yeah. been for so many years, and I finally got out of it, and I'm kind of retired. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't play for a living anymore. Right. And that's, uh, do I miss it? Some parts Some of it. Some parts of it. You yeah. know, I, uh, the traveling. Not so I much. Do without, yeah. You know, uh, I'm I'm happy where I'm at right now. But talking about the advocacy with the uh, the Grammys and how some of the stuff you did, we actually did some of that back in 2000 mm-hmm. with the union. I remember. One of the, with the uh, the Star campaign, mm-hmm. you know, it was one of the reasons we were let go, mm-hmm. you know, when I originally left the band. I remember. Guys, you know, really, really <laughs> Back in 2000. <laughs> <laughs> we were let go because of the stuff we were involved with. Mm-hmm. And our push was to get musicians paid. Right. Exactly. In the studio. Mm-hmm. Because of the labels having the umbrella label and not having to pay because they have a smaller label right. under that umbrella. And they didn't fall under that big category of paying union scale. Exactly. I get so, it. So <laughs> all this stuff happened, without going into detail, with yeah. all this stuff happened, and, and, and I, I hope that we made some kind of effect effect uh, to help push that along. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're still doing that, which is great. And I love that because not only this market, I think there are lots of markets, small markets that need it. Mm-hmm. Not just Tejano. You know no, I mean? yeah, the, there's the, tons. The jazz world. Or, the Americana. You know, Americana, you know, singer-songwriter. The, Texas uh, country, everything. They all need yeah. that, that push to, the information. Infor- you know? yeah, information is is the best thing that a lot of people don't right. have. So that leads me to my next question. How the fuck do you get with George Strait? <laughs> <laughs> that's the million dollar, that's the million dollar question. I don't, you know, a lot of people got to, I guess, realize like, in this business, like sometimes it's just a lot of times it's being in the right place at the right time. I've been you know what saying I mean? that the past few episodes. And uh, and honestly, that's that's what it that's what it was. You know, I really I can't say like whatever. You know, it's just right. being in the right place at the right time. You know, I, and I told Steve that too. I said, you know, I said one, you got to be a good player. You got to be good at what you do. Yeah, you got to be good at what you. The do. other part of that is it's all who you know, and yeah. it's all where things line up. You yeah. know, they fall. Uh, my. My a great friend of mine, I, I do tons of work with still. You know, we used to work with George, and we do other production stuff outside. He's a he's the front of house engineer for George. So eight years ago, he called me, and he said, "Hey man, we're doing a we're doing a we're opening up Cowboy Stadium." I said, "All right, cool. What you got?" And he's like, "Well, the month after, we're gonna do." Uh, a live recording for Living for the Night for the video, the live video shoot in Houston. Right. And, uh, got time? Yeah, no, I'm just making okay, sure cool. story, I don't want to miss it. <laughs> I want to make sure it's still recording. And, uh, and he goes, but we need to track it in Pro Tools and then send the files to Nashville. He's like, can you track it? I said, hell yeah, I can track it. And I said, how about we do Cowboy Stadium as a test run and then that way we're good for, for Houston. 
Yeah, cool, man. Sounds nah. good. <laughs> no, Here's dude. the key. I didn't ask about pay. I didn't give a right, shit. Right. But I'm thinking, does the does the Manny does the Manny Studio come in your head like, oh shit, I can't fuck this? <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, that's not even it. I didn't have the gear to do it. That's the I, thing. Yeah, yeah, at that point, it's I didn't like, have the gear do to it. do. I'll it, find a way to do to it. To go man. out and do it live. Right. So I was like, man, I'm trying to put together a rig. <laughs> And then finally I got to like two weeks before and I called a friend of mine. I said, hey, dude, you know anybody that rents, you know, a, a mobile rig that I can use to? He's like, yeah, man, here's this guy's number. I called him up. And he goes, yeah, man, I got one sitting here for you. You know, your friend called, said you might be coming by. I said, cool. I said, I need it for the week. No problem. Picked it up. First time I see it was when I opened it up at the stadium, right? So, oh, my God. So I'm like, God, I hope it's all here. <laughs> got it all going. Linked everything up. You know, we let it run overnight. I was like, cool, we're good, right? Track that show. It's like, man, everything's great. Everything's running great. And then we had a month before Houston. And uh, it's like, you know what? We need to build our own rig. So we bought our own rig. I was getting parts shipped in f- three days before the concert in Houston still. And, you know, Friday night. So how'd the first one come out, though? First one was great. Everything they was fine. It. Yeah. It was just a test run for all of right. us to make sure they everybody talks right. It could be done, right. And uh, and then the, so I was like putting together, you know, Thursday night, Friday morning, still putting the computer together, <laughs> and it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it kept recording like thirty minutes and it would stop, thirty minutes and it would stop. And I was like, God, what am I gonna do? So then one of George's engineers from Nashville came and said, Hey man, I was looking. I was like, Man, I'm having a problem. And he goes, Let me let me look what's got going on. He looked at it. He goes, You might want to try doing this. He goes, Sometimes that, you know, changing this here and changing that there. He goes, Cause right. uh, I've had that issue before. He's like, all right. So I changed that. Ran for like twenty hours, and I was like, oh, okay, good. Erased all that. The next, like, man, as soon as you're like, George J, hit record. I was just like, Are don't you stop, sure? don't stop, <laughs> just don't stop. <laughs> so what kind of pressure is that? The man? whole night, man. I mean, I mean had you you because it's one one time to get that song. He yeah. only plays that song once that whole set. It wasn't like we're gonna do it twice to get the the shots. Right. It was one shot. That was it. Yeah, one shot to get it, if not. And so your fingers just there, like, just don't here we stop. Go. Here we go. It's... So man, I was, <laughs> I was relieved when the night was over because it was done. And was this recording for to be released, or was it what was? It was for his video, oh, the man. video for because that was the single at the time. Oh shit! So yeah, if you see that video, it's from the Houston concert, and. Uh, and then we did, there was a, one more show on that tour, and that was it for the year. It was like a month later. And, and so that first year, you did about three, three mm-hmm. days for him? And, uh, and, and, and then the funny thing is, like, all this, I didn't get, I didn't ask to get paid. I didn't right. get paid for it. I was like, if I can get a credit on that, right. for somebody like that, it's huge for me. Of course. I was like, just, can I get some tickets for my parents? You know, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm worried about. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I spent the money, you know, we all spent the money to put this thing together. So I did it all out of pocket, really, for right. me. Um, I knew the, 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 we did the next show. I went to the next show in Austin. And and then, uh, like, a month later, you know, the, the production manager calls. He's like, hey, man. He goes, what do you think about coming on with us full time? I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was just like, I took the chance. I not me. even... Not really even realizing, like, hey, I'm going to get a shot on the tour. It was, had nothing to do with that. It was, right. It was all about really getting the credit and knowing that credit, putting the, myself the in that position. And, and seeing exactly. if you can do it. Yeah, of course. And putting yourself in, out of that comfort zone. Yeah, you know? exactly. 
and you took a chance. But for and for opportunities like that, you for have taking to that take chance, a chance. Look what it got you. Um, eight yeah. years later, I'm still here. Yeah. You know, doing the been doing the front of house tech and and system tuning with the. With so Street. you're f- officially on the tour, the first tour, first day. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Because I know when I first went on tour, I was like, "Holy shit, this is badass!" Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? it's like holy shit. Yeah, what, I mean, and then for George, I mean, this is smaller, but I'm saying for you with George Strait, it's like holy shit, that's George fucking straight up there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because like, like the, everybody was like, "Hey man, you know, just everybody just kind of do your thing," and you know, the the less they know your name, the better. You know what I mean? And I was like. <laughs> That's just weird, you know. Right. I'm not like that, you know. I just hang with everybody. You know? Right. So you know, I, I became good friends with the band, and I hang with the band, yeah. and and then Leanne, uh, who was on the who was on there the first year with us. Uh, it was Leanne Womack and Reba. Oh shit! Yeah, it was her, they were um, they were opening. Leanne, so was Womack, Leanne I just love her voice. Reba and and uh, and then George, and then the production was like, hey man. Uh, you want to mix Leanne? You know, I was like, yeah, I'll mix Leanne. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, first 45 minutes, this is me. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it, it, it was cool because, you know, there was, you know, some venues that we got to that, you know, we didn't have time to sound check. It was put the PA right. up. Cool. Tap through everything. Cool. We got that. Reba tapped through everything. Cool. And then you have an hour before Leanne starts. So we didn't really do much of system tuning or anything. So like. Reba's engineer would come out and goes, hey man, what you got going on? And I was like, well, I had to take this out and this out and it's kind of a problem over here in this frequency. Just <laughs> Don't like, touch these. He was like, good over here. So he would go to his console and he'd start taking them out, you know what I mean? And then he'd be in a good, he'd be in a good start, you know, he'd be in a good position. But uh, they got, they got me one day, you know, it was like probably eight shows in and, and uh, Reba was on, so I had gone outside and uh, I get a call on the radio. They're like, uh, hey, you need to get to the whatever room, like, uh, right away because Miss Leanne needs to have a word with you and I was like oh, God, that sounded good tonight I don't know what happened you know so I'm just thinking all this stuff because she didn't really know that I was mixing her right she's like oh it was a good run yeah, like, yeah it's over <laughs> so they're all sitting in the there's like a little room like a table set up and a little bar she's like so you're Ernie huh I said yes ma'am you mix in front of house for me I have We've well, been doing a great job. And everybody just busts out laughing. They're like, ah, you thought you were going to get fired. And I was like, yeah. And she, and she was like, I can't hold it anymore. She goes, you were just tormented. They love their practical jokes, man. Oh, that's all. That's it, man. The first night we did uh, with Alan Jackson, uh, his they, this road manager, you know, had Emilio Band mm-hmm. and Emilio. I remember. Well, Emilio's door was the exit. <laughs> Mox was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but that was the road manager. Yeah. Now, all through the tour, Rolito kept saying, to, I can't remember his name now, but he kept telling him, I'm going to get you. What? He played harmonica with Alan, uh, like the last, or one of the songs in the, in the set, he played harmonica for him. And so Rolito used to tell him, we're going to get you back. You know, We were always mm-hmm. stood on the side watching because they were fucking awesome, right? And Ralph, Ralph goes, watch watch your harmonicas. I don't put chili on it. <laughs> So every time he went on, he was going to go on, he would see us there, and he would get his harmonica, and he'd smell it like that. <laughs> Just to make sure. <laughs> well, one of the last gigs we did, 
some of the doors would say Amelia number one, Amelia number two. So Bang was two and he was one. So he, Ralph got the paper that said Amelia number one and put on the road manager's back. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're all there watching, smiling. And he looks back at us, he gets harmonic again, smells it again, because he knows we're up to something. Goes on stage with it on, on his back. And they had cameras, you know, for the, the big screen. He's, he's playing. The band's there. They start laughing. They call Alan. <laughs> Look at this over here. Alan with a slow walk, walks over there, looks at his back, does that, and <laughs> walks back. And it came out on camera for the the screen. Mm-hmm. They ended up showing it, but that's how we got them back. But they love the project. But one of the things about country bands is, aren't they the nicest? They're the best people in the world, man. Oh my god, total night and day. Mm-hmm. When we did those things that I that I saw that with almost ninety nine percent of the bands we play with, total night and day from from our market, yeah, to that yeah. market. And I, and I wish you know if I wish a lot of people around here could see that because if if they did, I mean we'd be in a better place. Mm-hmm. For sure, because I mean, and uh, you know, I've gotten to meet some great people, and and now they're good friends of mine. And you know, a couple of my mentors that I was like, wow, these guys are legends. You know, I I have the ability just to call them and say, hey man, can I ask you something? Yeah, yeah, man. Right. Or you know, if I, they know I'm coming to town, they invite me over. And when they're in town, they call me. You know, I pick them up. We go have dinner. I don't know how many times the and, band and the crew would say, "What do you guys need?" Yeah, when all the time. Them, all the time. I was like. Especially, like, if we were in a bind. I mean, like, I remember one year, uh, <clears throat> one of the years, the audio truck, the audio truck the, had a blowout. So, it was all our speaker cabinets, basically. So, the Rebus guys had got there before us. And uh, and they were like, hey, man, what do you need? They called us in the morning. And, uh, and they're like, well, we'll be in there. We'll be in about an hour after that. And... So they had got basically all our stuff in place for us, so that when the audio truck got there, you know, right. when we got there, and then the audio truck showed up, that the speakers were just ready to clamp and go, clamp right. and go, clamp and go. Wow. But I mean, that's the kind of that's what it is, you know. You're, yeah. you're a family, and because it's everybody's going through the same shit. Yeah, we're all yeah. it's all one show, man. Yeah, and then one another example of that. Yeah. I'm not going to say how or why I didn't get on the bus to go to the next city <laughs> on a country tour. but It happens. It happens. <laughs> Alan Jackson's band bus said, mm-hmm. right with us. Right with us. I'm like, holy happens shit. Happens all the time. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Right with us. <laughs> you know, but that's, that's, that blew me away. Mm-hmm. The first, well, after a while, I was like, okay, of course they're nice. That's the way they are. That's the way they are. <laughs> the yeah. country guys, they're good guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you come back, and we were doing both things, both markets at the same time. So it was always like, uh, we got to go back over here where they're fighting over who's going to get the last spot or exactly. who gets the, oh, I can't use that app because it's <laughs> exactly. so, so there. And you know what? We were guilty of some of that in our in our early years. But at that, oh, I know. By that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah. <laughs> what do you got coming this I'm year? just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got going this year? Hopefully this year is uh, more of the same. I mean, the studio... You're done with George, right? Because he's, he's... Well... He's doing Vegas. Oh, yeah. 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 Just we're doing, He's doing, I think, eight or ten shows in Vegas right. this year. So uh, I go up for some of those. Oh, that's um, nice. The studio is, is you know, been blessed with, with tons of work. You know, we have a couple new engineers there now, too. So it takes the workload off me a little bit. And I was they, just telling Steve that, you know, I, I love doing studio work. I just never get called. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you got the studio this year. Any, yeah, the anything new? Been any, anything new with uh, new Alamo record coming yeah? this year? Yeah, 
Nice. Just finishing it up, but it's uh, it's good, man. It's it's what we, you know. It was like, what kind of music is going to be? It's like, it's going to be what we do. You know right. what I mean? I don't, I don't deviate or try to be like, oh, we need to make a song that's cool. Like, what's going right. on now? It's like, this is what, who we are. This is what we do. Right. And I stayed true to that. You know what I mean? But it's evolved over the years, you know, our sound and and the kind of songs we pick. But uh, to me, it's about the lyric. You know, a lot of people don't do that. And, and I think uh, some of the really, really great songwriters that we had back in those 90s and 80s, um, there's a la- there's a lack of that, right? With some of the newer writers, for well, some reason, um, and yeah. I'm not I'm not saying anything that they're not good, right? Right? Because they have some great songs too, and we use them a lot from a lot of new artists too. But, but do you remember back in the day? There's something about it. Yeah, it's, I don't know what it is. Back in the day, when you had like three or four songwriters that would send mm-hmm. your stuff to everybody, mm-hmm. and we'd all pick it out, you know, mm-hmm. or we'd say, "Oh, we like this. this is written by so and so." Do they still do that? I don't even know if they still do that. Yeah, they still Are do there that. writers that, yeah, that write for Tejano? And, mm-hmm. Usually, like, it's the artist calling now, like, hey, you got anything? You got anything right. kind of stuff? Or any songs yet, you know, kind of fit what we do or whatever? There's nothing wrong with that. No. <laughs> I wish I no. wish some of the people who think they're writers would let other people write for them and then exactly. use that, you know? you know? There's guys who their forte is writing. That's, let them do it. And, and, and you shouldn't, you know? Some guys want to do everything. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're good at one or two things, and that's really what your priority should be, I think. Because, uh, I mean, I would do, you know, it's like, you know, you said it earlier, it's like, I wear a lot of hats, and, and Manny, Manny noticed that about me, you know, years ago. He's like, man, he goes, you do a lot. <laughs> he goes, you're on the label, you're in the studio, you mix, you record, you're out touring, you're at your band, and you're, the... he's like, that's great. He said, but you can't be great at everything. Right. He said, out of one of those six or seven things that you do, something's suffering because you're paying more attention than one of the other things. Right. And I was like, dude, I, like nobody's ever broke it down for me right. like that. And and ever since then, I was like, you know what? He's right. Like I was slacking on some of these things over here and paying more attention to this. And I was like, you know what? I need to focus on maybe half of that. Right. A few core elements. And make and... that the core. Right. And that's probably what I've done the last... Like four years, five years. Yeah, I mean, it's like I can play guitar and bass and do a little singing, but I'm a bass player. Right. That's priority one is what I am, mm-hmm. a bass player. I can mess around with other things and do a little bit of this and that, <clears> but and I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But that's what you do. I'm a bass player. Yeah. You know, first and foremost, you know, that's just what I am. So that's it for this year, huh? New Alamo music. New Alamo music. A lot of so. bands coming in to... Ernie Stu- Row Records. Row Records. Is that the studio uh, name too? Uh, Real Tracks. Real Tracks. Real Tracks right. Studio. Yeah. Uh, we've been doing a lot of Norteño, uh, Norteño sax bands over there. Uh, you know, uh, La Maquinaria, La Energia yeah. Norteña. Um, so many bands. I think we did the latter part of the last year from like maybe April to the end of the year. Maybe we did 30 albums, 35 wow. albums. Holy shit. Good it for you, man. nuts, man. It was Good it's nuts. You. And it hasn't stopped coming into this year, so... We've been really blessed. Um, so we'll see. We've got some gigs coming up. Rodeo's coming up. So we'll be out there. Awesome, man. It'll, it'll be a good year, I think. Ernie, thank you so, <laughs> thank you so much for doing the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Man, it's been, a, it's been an honor for you to ask me to do this, man. Thank you for listening to the Texas Music Spotlight Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and visit our website, texasmusicspotlight.com to find out how you can be a part of the live recordings. Until next time, 
Please continue to support local artists and music in your hometown. Thank you.